it's Megan and Kimberly, and you've entered room 237. The bonus. It's the bonus. Honestly, I thought you were about to say something. That's why I was staring at you for like a solid yeah, I was second. Wondering, like, are you just in awe of my beauty? Yeah. Or? No, you inhaled like you were about to speak, and then you just sat there and stared at me. So I was like uh, waving, but nothing happened. No, let's start this shit. Do it. Bam. Evil Dead bonus. Here we are. Evil Dead. So last week we did the Evil Dead. And so this week for the bonus, we are going to talk about cult classics. We could have done many things. We could have done possessed books. I I looked it up. There wasn't a lot out there. Books made of skin. I mean, that's a whole topic, but probably there's not very many. So we decided to do cult classics. There's so many cult classic movies. A lot of them. So what is a cult film? A cult classic. So a cult film or a cult movie or a cult classic, it's basically a film that has acquired a, a cult following, a dedicated, passionate fan base. Yeah. This fan base forms an elaborate subculture where members engage in repeated viewings, dialogue quoting, and audience participation. I love good audience participation. Look, I got all this info from Wikipedia, so if it's wrong, fuck y'all. Okay. <laughs> So if we're going to go into it, like further explanations on the definition to be more inclusive, it allows films that were major studio productions, but box office bombs. Yeah. But that happens a lot with cult followings, right? Like it bombs at the box office and like no one goes to see it. Like Pulp Fiction. Right. Was a box office bomb. But it's so fucking good. And a cult a classic. Cult classic. <laughs> um, a more exclusive definition would just focus on obscure, transgressive films that were shunned by the mainstream. They just don't get it. They don't understand. <laughs> so film critic Harry Allen Potomkin, uh, he traces cult films back to 1910s in the 1910s France and the reception of Pearl White. William S. Hart and Charlie Chaplin, which he described as a descent from the popular ritual. Yeah. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Mm -hmm. Um, Nosferatu, which came out in 1922, was an unauthorized adaptation of good old Bram Stoker's Dracula. And then Stoker's widow saw it and she's like, no, you did not. Mm -hmm. She's like, bitch, you thought. So she sued the production company and drove it to bankruptcy. That bitch came for all of it. She came for blood. And all the known copies of the film were then destroyed. But Nosferatu became an early cult film was kept alive by illegal bootleg copies that were being circulated. Okay, People they were watched. selling them at the barbershop and the were. beauty salon. Mm-hmm. So modern cult films grew from the 1960s counterculture and underground films, popular among those who rejected mainstream Hollywood films. Because, you know, in the 1960s, mm. there was that counterculture where they rejected mm-hmm. everything that was mainstream. Exactly. These underground film festivals led to the creation of midnight movies, which attracted cult followings. Yeah, midnight movies is kind of where it all began. Mm-hmm. So in a global context, popularity can obviously vary widely by wherever you are in the world. For example, Mad Max, which came out in 79, was a huge international hit, but it wasn't a hit in America. Um, and in America, it became a cult favorite after it was ignored by critics, and it was only available for years in a dubbed version. But it did earn $100 million internationally. I did not know that. Me either. So there are various types of cult film. There fins. are fins. <laughs> fins. Lesbian. So there are various types. <laughs> there of are cult- types of lesbians, too. They're yeah. all out there. Types of lesbian fins. I'm not a fem anymore. I'm a daddy. But there no, are. No, you're not. <laughs> 
Look, I'm rocking locks okay. now, so like I'm totes a daddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she says with her super long Kardashian nails. <laughs> <laughs> Not the nails. Um, so types of cult films. One of them is it's so bad that it's good. This I would put Evil Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So this is like um, a generally low budget film. It's critically scored films. Scorned. I've, I, uh, uh, yeah, sorry. Okay. So it's so bad that it's good. These are generally like low budget films. They're scorned critically um, and they inadvertently become comedies to film buffs yeah. so some examples planet nine from outer space and from 1959 have you heard of it no me either mommy dearest i know you 19- like that one. i fucking <laughs> i almost bought a t-shirt the other day <laughs> that had her face and said no wire hangers oh yeah i adore mommy no, dearest. you love that movie Just probably because if i were a mother I, I tell you, mommy dearest. No, you would. No, I'm sweet. Um, the Room from 2003, notoriously terrible movie. I've not seen that one. I haven't seen it, but I know about it. It's like written and directed and stars this guy. I can't remember the guy's name. Um, but it's like horribly acted. But it's like again, so bad. It's that good. Is good. Yeah. Who killed Captain Alex in 2010? That comes out of some, I can't think of it now, I can't remember, but it was somewhere in Africa, some African filmmaker, so good for them. And then Showgirls Mm. with uh, Jesse. Oh, Jesse Spano. (laughs) 1995. Have you seen Showgirls? I've seen it. I don't remember anything about it. I I don't either. I saw it a long time ago. Like back in the 90s, Mm -hmm. probably when I was in high school. So another genre is the camp and guilty pleasures. Yes. The difference between these is usually the number of fans. So cult film stars known for their camp can inject subtle, subtle parody or signal when films should not be taken seriously. Mark Challen Smith of the Los Angeles Times says technical faults may be forgiven in a film that makes up for them in other areas such as camp or transgressive content. Transgressive here is involving a violation of moral or social boundaries. Oh. I went ahead and got that definition for us in case we didn't know. Gracias. Yeah. Um, he states that the early films like of John Waters. Oh my God. Are amateurish and less influential than people have claimed, but Waters' outrageous vision cements his place in cult cinema. And he is very well known in cult cinema. Very, very much. So some examples are Myra Breckenridge of 1970. Never heard of. And then Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, also from 1970. And then we have Midnight Movies. So these films are resistant to simple categorization and are defined by fanaticism and ritualistic behaviors of their audiences. Midnight Movies require a nightlife and an audience willing to invest themselves actively. Donnie Darko from 2001. I have not seen it. My sister loves Donnie Darko, though. Donnie Darko. Uh, the Warriors of 1979. Have you seen that one? No. I haven't. I've seen half of that one. It's real weird. Um, Office Space, 1999. Fuck yes. I feel like Office Space defined the millennial generation. Yes. <laughs> and we all have been in Office yes. Space. Yes. Yes. Another one that's not listed here because I've listed it somewhere else, but it's very much a midnight movie t- um, type is Rocky Horror Picture Show. Let's do the right. time off again. 
So <laughs> art and exploitation is another form. So these films are frequently treated as equal and interchangeable in cult fandom. And they're listed alongside each other and described in similar terms and their ability to provoke a response. Exploitation. Yeah. So exploitation exists on the fringes of the mainstream and it usually deals with taboo subjects. The sexploitation films of Russ Meyer were among the first to abandon all hypocritical pretenses of morality and were technically proficient enough to gain a following. Sick films, the most disturbing and graphically transgressive films, have their own distinct following and these films transcend their roots in exploitation, horror, and art films. So I don't have any like um, examples here, but I just thought of one, so I thought I'd tell you. Okay. Um, exploitation films of the like in the 70s especially i think there was a lot of black exploitation mm-hmm. films so like blackula or yeah. um what was that shaft. one with shaft yeah those kind of films and pam greer that's what i was gonna say was the ones with pam greer um her fine ass. <laughs> that kind of thing would be exploitation now we have b in genre films right and so b films are low budget commercial motion pictures in its original use, it's identified as films intended for distribution as the less publicized bottom half of a double feature. The B-side. Yeah, the B-side. Science fiction, fantasy, and horror are known for their large and dedicated cult followings, and those are generally B-films. Right. So genre films, B-films that strictly adhere to genre limitations can appeal to cult film fans Given their transgressive or their transgressive excesses, horror films are likely to be cult films, which I think we can all agree with. Right. So here's some examples of B and genre films: Galaxy Quest. I fucking love this movie from 1999. It's so funny. Hong Kong action films, just in general. <laughs> all those um, Bruce Lee films, yes. you know. Singing in the Rain, 1952 fucking cry baby I knew you. of 1990 i can quote this movie I put from that for you start to finish <laughs> kim loves cry baby love cry so i will tell a story I about god, that's cry one of your baby. favorite films. oh my god yeah. it really is i can oh my god anyway um i think it was during the panini Mm-hmm. And I made Cass watch had Cry she not Baby. Seen Cry no, Baby? she had of never seen she Cry Baby. So I'm like, you got to check this out. And she was like, she hated it. Didn't she, she hated it, and it made me rethink everything about our relationship. <laughs> like, do I want to marry someone who doesn't like Cry Baby? Right, right. Who doesn't get moved by please, Mister Jail? Right. Like, I mean, how could you not? <sighs> yeah. I can understand how she wouldn't like it. It's one of those movies, again, it's like The Goonies. If you didn't watch it when you were younger, you can't fully appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, the Princess Bride, 1987, which Kim recently saw. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all right. <laughs> again, then, another one if yes, you hadn't yeah, watched it as a yeah. kid. Yeah. And then Rocky Horror Picture Show, as we mentioned, yeah. from 1975. So I went... And I got Rolling Stone's Reader's Poll of the 25 best cult movies of all time that was done in 2014. So we're going to go through it real quick. All right, let's do it. Number 25, Army of Darkness, which is the third movie in the Evil Dead series. Which we should watch. We should. 24 is with Nail and I. It said, I've never heard of it. It said it was done by George Harrison, the Beatle. Yeah. Oh. So, okay. Um, number 23, Princess Bride. 22, Repo, the genetic opera. That had Paris Hilton in it. You remember when that came no. out? Yeah. 
Number 21, The Room. That's recent, isn't it? Repo? No, The Room. 2003. We talked about it just sec- earlier. Oh. <laughs> You're thinking of the one with Brie Larson. Ah, where which she's is a different smart. Okay, room. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> 20, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. I oh, love that movie. 19, Clerks. Clerks is good. It is. 18, Blade Runner, also good. The original Blade Runner, not that new remake yeah, bullshit. for sure. Um, number 17, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. 16, Fight Club. I Dude, did bro. Not- did that not do well? I guess not. I, guess I thought it, it did too, but maybe not. Okay. Um, maybe it's just because it's a cult classic in our right. minds it did well. 15, Blues Brothers. Chicago representing. <laughs> 14, The Warriors. 13, Dazed and Confused. Amazing. Such a good movie. 12, Repo Man. 11, Eraserhead. 10, Donnie Darko. Paradise. Weird as fuck. 9, Phantom of the Paradise, which I've not heard of. Me either. 8, Evil Dead. There she is. Pink Floyd, The Wall at number seven. Six, Harold and Maude. Number five, A Clockwork Orange. A really weird, weird movie. Haven't gotten through it. Yeah, I don't, I've don't. i watched the whole thing. I only remember the first like 20 minutes where the rape happens. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, and, and I'm out. Number four, Pulp Fiction. Number three, this is Spinal Tap. <laughs> To the Big Lebowski. It's a huge, like, it cult is movie. And unpopular opinion. You don't like it? I do not like the Big Lebowski. Um, I've only seen the Big Lebowski one time. I watched it, and it wasn't when it came out. I watched it, I don't know, 10 years ago, maybe. And I thought it was all right. <laughs> but I was like, okay, I've seen it. I don't need to see it again. It's fine. You know? Number one, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yay! Which should be number one. There's so Obviously. much audience participation. So what's your your favorite cult film? Um, so I'm gonna say either Pulp Fiction or Crybaby. Yeah. Because I love them both equally. Well no, okay. Crybaby. You, you like yeah, Crybaby. Crybaby. More. <laughs> Let's go with Crybaby. What's yours? Out of this list that they've provided us from Rolling Stones, I would from Rolling Stone, I would say Dazed and Confused and Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Okay, okay I okay. love Hedwig. It's you so do. good. The songs are so good. I like Clerks too because I do enjoy Kevin Smith. I wonder if like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back should it be on there because that's I one feel of like my- it should honestly. <laughs> That's another one I can quote from start to finish. You know what movie I can speak every single line of? Mall Rats. Mall Rats. Oh, I, <laughs> I love, do love Mall, Rats Mall Rats too. Okay, so yeah, let's. I mean, this is not on our bonus like structure. However, like, what are like three movies that you can oh, no. quote from like start to finish? Probably Ghostbusters. Okay, of course. Por supuesto. <laughs> um, Mall Rats. Okay. Don't ask me why, but and I haven't seen it in a while, but I just know all the words. And then, hmm. Oh, man. Jurassic Park? Pro- maybe Jurassic Park or like Lord of the Rings Fellowship. Mm. I watch those a lot. Mine would be Independence Day. Mm, that's a good one. Grease. Yeah. And Money Talks. Money Talks. With Chris Tucker and Charlie yeah, Sheen. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. It's got like a 20% Rotten Tomato <laughs> score. <laughs> oh, speaking of Chris Tucker, Fifth Element. Oh, yes. I could probably quote most of that. Also, I know every single word to Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Oh. <laughs> it's good. It's so good. It's so good. Okay. So, everybody, what's your favorite cult film? Let us know. We want to know. 
We do. You can tell us. We're at Room 237, the podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Or you can send us an old-fashioned email and tell us what your favorite cult classic is at room237thepodcast at gmail.com. Or you could just tell us what movie you'd like us to do next. Right? Feedback matters. We take requests. We sure do. For sure. In the meantime, don't forget to send us um, a rating, a good five-star rating, and tell a couple of friends about us and help us help get us out there. Yeah, yeah. All right. Next week, we are doing Megan. Megan. I don't know why I said it so aggressively like that. Megan. Megan. That's not even how I would say my own name. (laughs) Anywho, we're doing Megan. And it's going to be good. It'll be wild. It'll be a fun ride. All right. So until then, stay safe. Bye. Bye.